0: Good morning, Alex and friends. Today is Thursday, July 06th, 2023, and you're listening to Alex's News. Today's weather in Riverside is looking warm, with a high of 89.5 degrees and a low of 62.4. Stay hydrated and dress accordingly. Now, let's dive into the stories we'll be covering today on Alex's News. First up... A federal judge has issued a preliminary injunction that restricts the U.S. government's efforts to combat disinformation on social media platforms. This decision has sparked a heated debate on free speech and content regulation. We'll break down the details and explore the implications this ruling may have on the fight against misinformation. Next, the California legislature has just passed the Western Joshua Tree Conservation Act, This new legislation aims to protect the iconic species and its fragile ecosystem. We'll delve into the reasons behind this conservation effort and how it may impact the future of these majestic trees. In an incredible turn of events, a miraculous rescue took place in a Massachusetts state park. After days of being stuck in mud, a woman was found alive. We'll share the heartwarming details of her incredible survival story and the tireless efforts of the rescue team. That's all for now on Alex's News. Stay tuned for these fascinating stories and more on today's podcast. Let's get started. Our top story today revolves around a recent ruling by a federal district judge in Louisiana that has significant implications for the U.S. government's ability to combat disinformation on social media platforms. Joining us now with more details is our news reporter, Antony. Antony, can you walk us through what this ruling means?
1: Certainly, Connie. This ruling restricts federal agencies from collaborating with social media companies to address the removal of content that may contain Protected free speech. In essence, it prevents federal departments and officials from notifying social media platforms about specific posts, requesting information about content moderation efforts, or urging the removal of content related to protected free speech. It also prohibits federal officials from collaborating with academic research groups that track online information spread.
0: It sounds like this ruling touches on a delicate balance between the need for free speech and the regulation of harmful content. Can you elaborate more on that aspect?
1: Absolutely, Connie. The lawsuit challenging the government's involvement in content moderation was brought by Republican attorneys general, and it centers on the tension between demands for free speech and the regulation of misinformation and disinformation online. The ruling raises concerns about the extent to which the government should be involved in combating harmful content while respecting the boundaries of protected speech.
0: This ruling seems to have already had an impact on social media companies. How have they responded so far?
1: That's correct, Connie. The ruling has prompted social media companies to revise their policies on COVID-19 and election integrity due to previous pressure and criticism. They are likely reassessing their approach to content moderation given the restrictions placed on federal agencies by this ruling. However, this has also raised concerns among disinformation researchers and social media watchdogs who fear that platforms will become less accountable for labeling and removing election falsehoods, potentially worsening the problem of disinformation.
0: Interesting. So, Antony, what's been the general reaction to this ruling from different groups and experts?
1: Well, Connie, conservatives view this ruling as a victory for free speech while legal experts have criticized it for potentially limiting the government's ability to share public health expertise and combat harmful content. With the Biden administration planning to appeal the injunction, there is a possibility that this case could ultimately reach the Supreme Court, and the implications of such a decision are being closely watched.
0: It seems that this ruling also touches on larger concerns about federal control over social media. Can you tell us more about that?
1: Certainly, Connie, this ruling highlights concerns about the encroachment of federal control over social media platforms. Experts are questioning the balance between protecting free speech and regulating harmful content as the decision limits the government's communication with platforms like Facebook Meta, Twitter, and YouTube Google regarding content moderation efforts. We're yet to see how long the injunction will stay in place and what steps these platforms will take independently in response to this ruling.
0: Thank you, Antoni, for your comprehensive analysis of this significant ruling. This decision, barring the U.S. government from combating disinformation on social media, has sparked a contentious debate regarding free speech, the regulation of harmful content, and the role of federal agencies in content moderation. It remains to be seen how the appeal process and potential Supreme Court involvement will unfold. Once again, thank you, Antony, for shedding light on this important story.
1: My pleasure, Connie.
0: Welcome back to our morning news podcast. We have an interesting environmental story for you today. Joining us is our news reporter, Ellie, who will provide an in-depth analysis of the recently passed Western Joshua Tree Conservation Act in California. Ellie, thank you for joining us. Can you start by giving us an overview of the current situation? Thank you, Connie. The California legislature recently approved the Western
2: Joshua Tree Conservation Act, which aims to address the critical issue of dying Joshua trees. These unique trees, native to the Mojave Desert, have long been iconic symbols of the region. They can reach impressive heights of up to 70 feet and provide crucial resources such as food and shelter for various wildlife species. Unfortunately, Joshua trees have been struggling to adapt to climate change and have also faced challenges due to habitat fragmentation
0: caused by property developments. It's disheartening to hear that such magnificent trees are facing such challenges. Can you tell us more about the efforts to protect Joshua trees prior to the passing of this legislation?
2: Certainly, Connie. Conservationists have long been advocating for stronger protections for Joshua trees, including the proposal to classify them as an endangered species. However, these efforts have faced opposition from local politicians and developers who prioritize economic growth over environmental concerns. With this new legislation, it appears that a compromise has been reached between conservation efforts and economic development.
0: That's interesting to hear. Could you shed some light on the key provisions included in the Western Joshua Tree Conservation Act?
2: Absolutely, Connie. The legislation includes several important provisions aimed at safeguarding the Joshua trees and their fragile ecosystem. Firstly, it establishes a dedicated conservation fund, ensuring that resources are allocated towards the preservation and restoration of Joshua tree habitats. This fund will play a crucial role in supporting initiatives that focus on mitigating the declining population of these trees and protecting their unique environment. Furthermore, the legislation mandates that California develops a comprehensive conservation plan specifically designed to address the challenges faced by Joshua Trees. This plan will serve as a roadmap for targeted actions, research, and protection strategies. The ultimate goal is to preserve and enhance the resilience of these iconic trees in the face of rising temperatures, increasing frequency of wildfires, and ongoing habitat loss.
0: It sounds like a comprehensive approach to protect the Joshua Trees. Are there any additional measures in place? Yes, Connie.
2: To regulate activities that pose a direct threat to Joshua trees, the legislation requires companies to obtain permits before cutting down or relocating existing trees. This provision aims to prevent indiscriminate destruction of Joshua tree habitats while still allowing development to continue in a more sustainable and responsible manner. The permits strike a balance between environmental protection and economic growth, ensuring the preservation of this beloved species.
0: It's great to hear that measures are being taken to prevent further harm to these remarkable trees. Now, Ellie, can you explain what specific challenges have prompted the urgency behind these conservation efforts? Certainly, Connie.
2: The urgency stems from the multiple challenges Joshua trees currently face. Climate-related factors such as extreme temperatures and prolonged drought have been difficult for them to adapt to. In addition, Devastating wildfires and the fragmentation of their habitats have further threatened their survival. These challenges have raised concerns among conservationists and nature enthusiasts alike, highlighting the need for immediate action to protect Joshua trees.
0: Thank you for that detailed overview, Ellie. The passing of the Western Joshua Tree Conservation Act represents an important step in addressing the threats faced by these valuable trees. By establishing a conservation fund, developing a comprehensive plan, and requiring permits for activities impacting Joshua trees, the legislation aims to balance environmental protection and economic development. With these measures in place, the hope is to strengthen the resilience of the Joshua trees and ensure a future where they can continue to thrive. Ellie, thank you for your insights on this crucial topic.
2: Thank you, Connie. It was a pleasure to discuss this
0: important legislation with you today. Welcome back to our mid-podcast special. As promised, we have Arnold with us today to discuss a rather gripping and compelling story. Arnold, we've heard reports of a woman who was found alive after being stuck in mud for several days. Can you enlighten us on this incident?
3: Absolutely, Connie. This is the story of Emma Tatusky, a 31-year-old woman from Stoughton, Massachusetts, Who went missing on June 26th? She was last seen near a pond in Borderland State Park, located in Easton, Massachusetts. What makes this case particularly intriguing is that Emma had a history of mental health issues and did not have access to her car or cell phone when she disappeared.
0: That must have been concerning for her family. What steps were taken to locate her?
3: Right, Connie. As soon as Emma was reported missing, a search operation was launched. Authorities deployed K-9 units to scour the area, hoping to find any trace of her. However, despite their efforts, the search unfortunately yielded no results, leaving everyone puzzled about Emma's whereabouts. It
0: seemed like she had vanished without a trace. But then something happened that changed the course of events. Can
3: you tell us what occurred? Absolutely, Connie. On a fateful Monday, hikers in Borderland State Park heard a woman screaming for help. Concerned, they followed the sound and led police officers to a swampy area deep within the park. Upon arrival, the officers faced the challenging task of wading through thick mud to reach Emma. They were determined to rescue her and bring her back to safety.
0: That sounds like a daunting task. How did they eventually manage to pull her out?
3: It was undoubtedly a difficult and arduous process, Connie. The treacherous conditions of the mud made it incredibly challenging for the officers to reach Emma. They persisted in their efforts, struggling to free her from the muck. Eventually, with unwavering determination, they succeeded in pulling her out.
0: I can't imagine how exhausting and frightening that experience must have been for her. What happened once she was
3: rescued? After Emma was freed from the mud, firefighters promptly arrived at the scene and provided her with immediate medical assistance. She was then transported to a hospital for further evaluation and treatment. Fortunately, her injuries were determined to be minimal, primarily affecting her shoulder and upper body. Thankfully, her life was not in immediate danger.
0: That's a relief to hear. I'm sure the community played an essential role in this whole scenario. Can you tell us more about that?
3: Absolutely, Connie. The Stoughton police expressed their deep gratitude to the public for their invaluable help in locating Emma. They credited the community for not giving up hope and highlighted the vigilance of the hikers, whose actions ultimately led to her rescue. This incident serves as a remarkable testament to the determination and willingness of strangers to lend a hand to those in need. It's truly
0: heartwarming to witness such unity and support from the community. Speaking of which, what can you tell us about the importance of community involvement in search and rescue efforts?
3: Connie, this incident underscores the crucial role that community involvement plays in search and rescue operations. Despite the suspension of the initial search, the public's support and continued efforts helped bring Emma home safely. Multiple agencies came together, and the dedication of the search and rescue teams proved instrumental in her rescue.
0: It's remarkable how people can come together in times of crisis. Now, the details surrounding how she became stuck in the mud and her overall condition haven't been provided. Any thoughts on that?
3: Unfortunately, the summaries don't provide us with the nitty-gritty details, Connie. What we do know is that Emma endured a harrowing experience for several days before being discovered. The specific circumstances surrounding how she ended up stuck in the mud remain a mystery. However... Her survival and rescue serve as a powerful testament to the resilience of the human spirit and the strength that can be found in community unity.
0: Indeed, Arnold. We can only hope that Emma receives the care and support she needs for a full recovery. Thank you for sharing these profound insights and shedding light on this incredible story.
3: You're welcome, Connie. It's always a pleasure to discuss these stories with you.
0: That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made with ChatGPT, 11 labs, and a program written by you. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.